Genesis 17. This is, uh, this is where everything changes. So we've been going through this, this whole thing, and God has appeared to Abram and told him that he is going to make him a nation, and there's been, there's been time passing and, and a bunch of different things happening as far as, like, moving down to Egypt and moving back and slaves running away and battles being fought. And here, when Abraham is 99 years old, the Lord appears to him and speaks with him. Uh, he says, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be devout. I will establish my covenant between me and you and multiply you greatly. And Abram falls down to the ground and God keeps on speaking to him and says, Your name will no longer be Abram, which means um, father is exalted, which if you have a baby and you name him Abram, which father are you talking about? So this is Terah exalting himself, which is odd, uh, because a baby is not a father. And so father is exalted would be referring to uh, Terah, uh, which I think Terah is still alive at this point. Not in the same area anymore after he left. So, going from Father is exalted to, but your name will be Abram, for I will make you the father of many nations. Sorry, your name will be Abraham. Abraham is father of a multitude. And I will make you extremely fruitful and make nations and kings come from you. And then, uh, and then he says, this is my covenant, which you are to keep. And, and earlier we had had this, you know, uh, let's see, chapter 15. Um, he had Abram, Abram set out this whole sacrifice and chased off the vultures and waited. And when God alone walked through to seal the covenant for himself. So Abraham, Abram did not walk through. But uh, when the sun set and the fire pot and flaming torch passed between the animals, that was the covenant that God had just on himself. And he said, the, um, On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, I give this land to your offspring from the brook of Egypt to the Euphrates River. And then he lists out all the tribes that are going to be in the land. And then if we go back even further, we see the other other covenant, uh, chapter 12, 1 through 3. Go out of this land, uh, your rel go out from this land, your relatives and your father's house, to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And so here is the other side of the covenant. Um, this is my covenant, which you are to keep, between me and you and your offspring after you. Every one of your males must be circumcised. And circumcised is where they take the skin, um, the foreskin, which is a skin on your penis, that's on the front, and you pull it, and you slice it off, and uh, and then it goes back, so it's not as stretchy. 
And that would be extremely painful for an adult to go through. Like, they're, like, this is days of agony. And they did not have ibuprofen or, actually, wouldn't want ibuprofen, that's blood thinner. Didn't have um, Tylenol um, or, or blood, uh, you know, painkillers like that. It would be agony, not to mention the risk of infection. Man, that is not a place you want to be infected. Uh, <clears throat> and so he says, uh, you must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin to serve me as a sign of the covenant between you and me. And he says, do this to everybody in your household and everybody who is in your household, even if they're not related to you. He says, uh, the one who is not your offspring, a slave born in your house, as well as the one purchased with money, must be circumcised. The covenant will be in your flesh as an everlasting covenant. This is something that um, every time, every time you pee, every time you have sex, every time, every time you are not wearing clothes, you would see that and go, well, that was a super painful experience, at least for this generation. Um, can you imagine being a slave and somebody being like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that family is real nice. They, they treat their people real good, except when um, if he buys you, that guy right there, see that guy over there with the turban? Yeah, if he buys you, they're going to cut off part of your penis. Like, wow, that would be terrifying. Terrifying. Um and, yeah, but that would be a reminder to them that they are in a covenant that costs them something and that it matters and that they are, they have made an agreement with God. And then God said to Abram, um, as for your wife, Sarai, do not call her Sarai for Sarah will be her name. And uh, there's not a footnote on Sarai, so I had to go and look that up. Um, and there's some debate, which is probably why there wasn't a footnote. But her name likely comes from uh, she that strives, or someone who is contentious. It's like a name that they, you know, like Hosea names his kids all kind of kinds of crazy stuff. Well, um, Sarai is probably something along the lines of she that strives, like the striver. And Sarah actually comes from uh, a. It's the feminine for a a ruler. So that would be like a, a queen or princess is the translation that they would have here. Because um, uh, kings, let's see, uh, I will bless her and she will produce nations. Kings of people will come from her. And so she will be the mother of kings. And so a princess or a queen. And Abram fell to the ground and laughed. And he thought in his heart, can a child be born to a hundred-year-old man? Can Sarah, a ninety-nine, a, a sorry, a ninety-year-old woman, give birth? And so Abram said to God, "If only Ishmael could live in your presence." And so he's he's laughing. He's laughing. He's having a hard time understanding how this could be possible. And and so what he does is he transfers that blessing to. Ishmael, he believes that this promise has already been fulfilled and that Ishmael is the fulfillment of that. And so he says, pass this blessing to Ishmael. But God said, no, your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will name him Isaac. And I will confirm my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. So he says, no, I, I have chosen 
um, and you will name him Isaac, which means he laughs. So Abraham laughs, Abraham laughs at God and his plan in his heart. And God says, no, you're going to have a son through Sarah, the, the queen, and you, father of multitudes, because you laughed, that is going to be the name of your son. And every time you say his name, you will remember that, that God did the impossible to confirm his covenant. And then he blesses um, Ishmael, which is neat. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will certainly bless him and make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. And he will father 12 tribal leaders and I will make him into a great nation. I completely forgot that Ishmael fathers 12 tribes, just like the 12 tribes of Israel. Ishmael has the, the, you know, the 12 tribes of Ishmael. I wonder what happened to them. I mean, like, I know a little bit about it, but it's, uh, that's probably worth looking up later. So then he finished talking to Abram and God withdrew from Abraham. <clears throat> then Abraham took his son Ishmael and all the slaves born in his house and or purchased with money, every male among the members of Abraham's household, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin on that very day. Man, what a conversation that would have been. Okay, guys, I talked to God. Whip out your penis. Uh, why are you holding a knife? Trust me, it's going to be awesome. So <laughs> I imagine he got the whole family together and talked to them. I know, you know, we know that later on and um, once they've got the temple in place, this is, this is like a, a ceremony that happens to eight-year-olds or eight-day-old babies um, in the temple, in the temple courts. Uh, but he gathered everybody together and himself included all in one day which means that for days they were all laying around in agony in order to be obedient and dedicated immediately to what God told him to do. That's dedication. That's, that's obedience. That's probably not the way I would have done it. And, and here's the difference between Abraham and me. So he got a clear call from God and he immediately went out and radically obeyed the same day. And that is incredible. And I don't know if I would have the, the dedication to do that. Um, hopefully, hopefully by, the, by God's spirit in me, uh, that would happen. I also haven't had a, a direct God talking to me and telling me to do something so directly. So maybe it would be different. But there are lots of commands that I read in the Bible, lots of, lots of things in here about uh, how, to, how to live my life, how to prioritize my life. And I don't take them, I don't take them painfully seriously. This is a life of dedication and obedience when it counted. There's other, other mess-ups, there's other other things going on, but, but where God said, do this thing for your whole household, he went out and he did it that day and it was painful and it was awkward and there were some weird conversations happening, 
but he didn't. And, I mean, you better believe every single one of them remembered that day. It's the day that Abraham got a new name and made a covenant with God and, and put that covenant into the flesh of uh, every single person in that household. And I wish I could have a, uh, a life of that kind of dedication and obedience. And as, as I ask the Spirit and as I study Scripture and as I act these things out in my life, may I become more and more of a dedicated follower of Jesus, living in obedience. And may you also.